0: This is part one of a three-part podcast.
1: Have you ever wondered whether a particular book was really good or just so-so, and if you could trust the reviews online? When it comes to books related to permaculture, Permies has a large list of reviews for over 100 books. Perhaps you're considering a book for yourself or a friend, or you're just curious about what's out there. Stop by permies.com forward slash book and take a look at the book review grid and read some honest reviews, and hopefully you'll find the next book to add to your collection.
0: All right, so we're doing another Permaculture Smackdown, and um, today we're going to finish up talking about uh, the Paul HOA, I guess. I don't know what else to call it. but, but, basically the building standards at, um, uh, at the lab, at my place, you no? Know? And because, partly because Mark is going to be moving here in the spring and, and he's wanting to know what's okay to build. Um, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Mark and Katie are here. And, uh, uh, and of course, since it's permaculture smackdown, they get to ask me the rudest, most obnoxious questions and, uh, uh, the way that they got to be on the SmackDown is that they are, uh, my Patreon supporters. So, at each, each week I send out a link to all the Patreon supporters and they have the ability to, to, uh, call and, and be part of this, uh, SmackDown. And, uh, and I think you guys have been really easy on me. You gotta get, you gotta get a lot tougher. But, <laughs> before we get into the, the, the building standards thing, then uh, I've, uh there's a couple of things. So one of the things is is that, Katie, you have a question about citric acid.
2: Yes, I was looking um, to buy some citric acid, and I noticed that the citric acid was saying that it was made out of other things besides citrus, like, for instance, corn, and that it also wasn't labeled as being from organic sources at all. So maybe it's like GMO, absolutely covered in poison corn that they're making it from. Um, and I wondered if you have a source for citric acid from organic citrus sources, if it's possible.
0: Well, I I know that the citric acid that I bought, it has the organic label on it, so it's USDA certified organic, and it also talks about how it is, you know, used. Uh, it could it can be used as an ingredient in organic stuff. Now. When I bought it, it was my first time ever buying citric acid. And so I just was hyper-focused on organic. I buy it and I get it in here. And I think the stuff I, I have comes from lemons. I think that's what I read on the packaging. But I have read in other places that most citric acid is made from mold, And so I thought that was weird. (laughs) Hmm. So, but of course it could be, it could come from a lot of different things. Now I imagine the most processed food available is corn. They, they run the corn through all sorts of processes and extract all sorts of things. Um, and one of those things, I guess, now that I've, uh, you mentioned it, is that this moment is the first I'm hearing of. Uh, somebody getting citric acid from corn, um, but okay, corn's a source, I guess. It doesn't taste very citrusy to me, but they're extracting so many other things from corn. Maybe it's a byproduct. Isn't it? um, I um, I don't know. I I don't have a, a specific source and. I do know that we were running out like we bought five pounds of the stuff and, and it's been used for so many things that um, we were running low. So I went to go buy some more and I noticed two important things. Uh, uh, one, the price has gone up a lot since I bought it. I, I bought the bag for about 15 bucks. It's now closer to 25 bucks for a five pound bag. Um, the other thing is is that it no longer seems to sport the organic label for the same brand and uh and so I'm not sure what's going on there um, there I did some shopping around, and it's kind of like there was some stuff that was a little bit cheaper um and i I decided to set up one of those uh camel 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 things um to watch the prices and see if it goes down and yeah. for, for now, I just bought uh ten pounds. Uh, to get us by because I, I foresee us using it, it a lot more for a lot more things. I know that we've been finding more places for it to be used and, um, the people doing the cleaning here have been using it more and more as they're finding it. It's like, wow, this is, this is 10 times better than any of the stuff we were doing with, uh, uh, vinegar. For cleaning, I mean, it doesn't stink, and it's far more effective, and you use far less of it to do far more. Hmm. So I know this doesn't answer your question. I guess uh, I guess an appropriate response, an accurate response to your question is ah. <laughs> so oh. uh, which has, of course, is of no help whatsoever.
2: Well, um, then it's a good smackdown question.
0: Yeah, it well, is. As, I
2: win, but I also lose.
0: Now I, I, I would like to strongly suggest that you start a thread out at Permis and I mean, and maybe we do have a thread at Permis, I don't know, where it kinda talks about a lot of this stuff. Um, about citric acid specifically. I, should um, I I gotta say that the the longer we mess with it, the more impressed I am with it. And of course, whenever I use any of it, I always gotta put a little bit in my mouth. That, how wild is that? I just loved. It. First of all, it's sour, so it's like ooh, sour. And and second of all, I'm putting cleaner in my mouth. <clears throat> it's like uh, a powerful cleaner. It's 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 uh I don't know. It's kind of exciting to me. I maybe other people are bored, stupid of it, but I I do have to say that there have been several people who have talked to me in the last month about. Cancer about their how they're struggling with cancer, and um it's and, and here's two universal things every time is ninety five percent of your of your diet currently organic. No, and, and I kind of feel like, but they're talking to me. They're they're talking to me. they came to me because of my values because they're familiar with my stuff, and it's like okay. And then um, are your cleaners 100% or at least 50% edible? No. In fact, typically it sounds like it's something around maybe 0%, maybe 5%. And and 5% if you count warm water as edible. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, i got to say that if you're going to be cleaning things, I think the, the number one ingredient, the number one cleaner in the world, to me is warm water and a clean wash rag and elbow grease. That's, mm-hmm. that's the number one cleaner. I think, I think that's what should be used 90% of the time. And then when that doesn't get the job done, then you look at your buffet of other things to try. Um, but you know, sticking to the edible stuff. Anyway, I'll, okay. Uh, those two things alone. I think make an enormous difference and to, to whether or not you'll ever even know cancer. I think, uh, and then if you, if you have cancer, first I gotta say everybody has cancer always. And then the only thing that we call cancer is when your cancer has gotten to the point that you can notice it in some way. And, uh, sometimes notice it is like somebody else's idea of notice it and, and that, um, you know, like by, through some test or something like that. Um, but, uh, and then I think, I think getting it all to go away is um, there's probably uh, at least a hundred recipes for getting cancer to go away, but I'm sorry, I'm going off on a couple of different tangents here, but it's based upon recent, a lot of recent conversations.
1: So, yeah, if you're getting exposed to things that are hazardous to your health, you know, in the form of cleaners or, you know, what passes as food but isn't necessarily healthy in any way, then that's really gonna increase your odds of getting more cancer. As you say, you know, that there's, your cells are always mutating a little bit here and there and your body's keeping those things in check so long as it's healthy. Um, or so long as you're not exposing it to so much gick that, uh, it's overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. I think, I think your uh, natural immune system keeps cancer away dominantly, uh, or at least from being a problem. And then, uh, but then if, if that system gets overwhelmed, you know, then, then it's going to not be able to do the job. And then you're going to, you're going to then fall into the space of like, Oh, you have cancer. Uh, okay. Let's stop talking about cancer. Um, uh, Katie's going to start a thread about citric acid, I hope, and then we'll all learn more. I, I love the community that we have because you can post a question like that and you will get uh, magnificent responses quickly and it'll be powerfully educational, I think. All right. Uh, two more quick notes before we go on to the topic of the day. Uh, uh, one is, is that the Wafati greenhouse is functioning and we have, um, raw temperature data in there. And, uh, it right. is, it is so exciting. So first of all, uh, the, we have, uh, uh, tracking thermometers put at the bottom of each of the thermal wells and they were each reading for like, Almost a full month reading 46.2 degrees at the bottom of each well. And, uh, then Josiah added the destratification pipes, um, and there wasn't much change. So I have some theories about that and I could go into great detail about my theories in another podcast later if people want. Um, but what but, but the boot camp came up with these two kind of uh half pipes, so these kind of let's say u shaped tubes, like a half of a tube cut lengthways mm-hmm. and then uh they added foil to make it shiny and augmented the pipe, so when the sun is out, more sun goes onto the pipes, and then the air started to move. You could barely detect it. But more importantly, those tracking thermometers at the bottom, they went up by 0.1 degrees, 0.2 degrees, 0.3, 0.4. And so it went from 46.2 to 47.2 in about a month, maybe a little bit more than a month. And so, um, and, and based upon my philosophies, I think that it'll actually, like the velocity of it going up will increase through the fall and winter. And so, uh, uh, the, I, to me, this is, this is huge. This is, this is so powerful because basically it shows John Haight was right. And, and it's like, it's, it's proven. It's, this is, this is proof of it. So basically John Haight says that wherever you are in the world, you go down 20 feet and the temperature there is constant all year round. It's an average of all the temperatures from the previous however many years. And, uh, and so it just stays constant. So we, I think we did a great job of showing that that is true. And then John Haight, his whole thing is, is what if we could change the temperature of that to be something that is convenient to us? And so we are doing that. So it's like these tracking thermometers report the temperature every, I think it's like every five seconds. And so, uh-huh. um, we're watching this. And so, um, we are seeing the temperature go up like 0.0 Two degrees during a sunny day because the thermosiphon, the thermosiphon the, the in the destratification pipe is active because the sun's hitting it. And so it's pulling air out of the bottom of the thermal well, which is then of course pulling the warmer air in the greenhouse down into the thermal well. And that's what's making the temperature go up ever so slightly. And then at night, it drops down a little bit. But when it drops down at night, it's like um, three one hundredths of a degree warmer than it was the night before. And so it's this teeny tiny inching every day, every sunny day, inching it up a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. So and i think that the draw on on the desertification pipe is going to get stronger when we have a cold sunny day so then the temperature in the greenhouse will be lower but there's more sun and i think we'll have then a greater thermosyphon further i think that when the temperature at the bottom of the thermal well is warmer that would mean that the air that's being pulled up is warmer and thus easier to rewarm when it gets in front of the glass and we'll have an even stronger thermocybin. So I'm I'm thinking that this is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger by the end of the year or by the, the end of one year of doing this test when we, we're only a month into it now. Is it possible that the temperature inside uh, of that thermal well, at the bottom of the thermal well, will it be 15 degrees higher than when we started? So we're already one degree warmer. And now the sun is starting to hit the full back of the greenhouse.
1: Like, well, not the full it's getting back. getting low, low enough to hit that rear wall.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, it should hit the entire – so it's, it's now currently hitting that back wall. Um, But it should get to the point that it hits the entire back wall in about two weeks. So – um I, I think, and the mass, that's the other thing too, is the mass temperature. When we, when we built the greenhouse, it was in the spring, and uh, it was a cold day, and the thermometer said that the mass temperature was 27 degrees. And, um and now it says it's 63.7. We've been watching it go up and up and up throughout, uh, the whole summer. And then when we have, uh, um Something that's like uh, 100 degrees outside, it would be like 104 inside. In fact, uh, for the tracking thermometers that are inside the greenhouse, the highest temperature ever seen so far is 106, which I think is amazingly low because a greenhouse is going to be, if it gets a lot of sun on a hot day, it's going to hit 120, 100, 130, 140. And so the fact that it only got to 106 is showing that this is working. The, yeah, the mass, mass is
1: absorbing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The mass is absorbing a lot of that temperature. And then hopefully next year, the thermosiphon inside the destratification pipe will run much stronger. And because of that, um, it'll, it'll clip the high temperatures earlier. So it's like if it has the exact same conditions, instead of getting to 106, maybe the highest it's going to get is like 99.
1: Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Are you a fan of Pi? Where there is Pi at permies.com. This Pi grants the user of secret access. You also get free things like videos of Wheaton Labs, the ability to add two thumbs up, two posts, and more. To get pie, go to permies.com forward slash pie to get the inside scoop of what pie can do for you. Again, that is permies.com forward slash pie. And that pipe for the, the stratification, is that a hollow pipe that's open on both ends? That's like one yes. or two inches in diameter.
0: Yeah. Okay. The D stratification pipe, um, is, is planted right in front of the glass and it its top is like maybe a couple of inches away from the top of the glass, and then the bottom is connected to a polypipe that runs all the way down to the bottom of the thermal well and so um it's got a long so basically it is a very long straw, and the gotcha. top the top part of the straw is getting heated in the sun, thus making it pull. The cold air from down low up. So next thing is is that um, we had um, a day not long ago where the temperature dropped around October twelfth. It dropped to 19 degrees Fahrenheit outside, and um, the greenhouse the temperature dropped to 54. Now I think that when we add 15 degrees to the thermal mass below that I think it's quite possible that um, we're going to clip the low temperature inside the greenhouse. So we're going to be clipping the highs and the lows. And so rather than having the temperature in the greenhouse sway between 63 and 106, it'll probably be swaying closer between uh, uh 72 and ninety nine. So, um, uh which is gonna make a much for a much better greenhouse environment. Especially in Montana. But there's lots more testing to do, and it's just so exciting that the test has begun and uh and the ATI test in, in Allerton Abbey has started also. I'm very excited about that. Okay. So that's early data on the greenhouse. Um the other thing I wanted to mention really quick is that uh for the green the people that supported the greenhouse uh Kickstarter, uh, uh I put a poor man's poll out there for them uh to say what should be the next Kickstarter. So we're uh we're getting into a phase where um uh Josiah is now doing all the editing. He uh stayed here to finish the greenhouse and finish all the videoing. But, um, uh, while he was here, uh, he, he got engaged. Um, in fact, uh, Jennifer has been on a lot of the podcasts that I've made and, uh, she was a huge help during the greenhouse Kickstarter. And, uh, so, uh, Josiah and Jennifer got engaged. And then, um, uh, I, I'm going to guess it was last spring, I think that um, uh jennifer got a uh, a rather large ranch dropped in her lap uh in Texas. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my opinion is it's in Texas. Forget about it. It's gone. Just don't even look at it. <laughs> but then, you know, they decided to, to, to go to this ranch. And so they uh they decided to get married there. So then they they cleared out the head to the wedding uh, the moment that the greenhouse was done being built and Josiah said that he's going to finish the editing in Texas. And then he got the COVIDs um, and then he, he, he snapped out of the COVIDs just in time to be uh, upright during the wedding. So now they're all married and stuff and, and they're in Texas, but they're going to finish that editing. So it's, it's coming soon. anyway, in the meantime, I, I emailed all those Kickstarter supporters, and I made the poor man's poll, and I, I came up with 10 future Kickstarters. So, um, And the, the votes are just now starting to roll in, and I'm going to uh, – I'm not sure if I'll share any of the results yet because it's kind of a little early still, but it looks like there's probably about a dozen people that have voted so far. Um, uh, Kickstarter uh, – potential number 1 a second deck of, of permaculture playing cards uh i've put together a list of 80 new cards and uh and a lot of those cards are for uh cuz the the cards i the, the permaculture playing cards i've put out so far are for cold climate stuff and so a lot of this new deck would be for warmer climate stuff um, so that would be number 1 number 2 um uh Mud and I have been working on a new Rocket Mass Heater book. We're calling it Rocket Mass Heater Analysis and Design. We've been working on it for half a year now. We've been meeting twice a week to um, compose this book. And the first draft should be done in a couple of weeks. And uh, we have been talking about making it into a Kickstarter book. Uh, the next one. Is um, so Mark, when you were here at the uh, Rocket Mass Eater Jamboree, you saw two guys cruising around with uh, cameras taking video. Yep. And so there is an idea on the table for 10 different things from the Rocket Mass Eater Jamboree uh, being mashed into a full length movie and doing a Kickstarter. Uh next idea for Kickstarter is to um, make a movie of the next permaculture technology jamboree. Uh, the next idea for Kickstarter is uh, the, um, the next time that Alan Booker is here teaching a PDC, which will be this upcoming summer. Tickets are on sale now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and we've already sold a bunch because Alan Booker's PDCs are excellent. Uh which Katie can attest to. She she took Alan's PDC.
2: It's very excellent. I want to take it again. It was great.
0: <laughs> and and Mark, you were able to observe a a a, a tiny piece of an Alan
1: Booker PDC. Just a little bit, yeah. And I was in his um, online course for observation of in design or uh forget the exact wording of it, but a book that he's working on.
0: So uh, I had an idea which Alan Booker liked uh, um, a couple years back, and um, I'm not. I get the impression he's not as keen on it now. So, but if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, I need of course Alan to be like you know cool with this idea, and uh, and so to I've to him about it again. But the idea is that we record the PDC he's about to teach, um, and make that available. And then another thing – then once we're done with that, then we take that and use it as an artifact to basically say the video is available. Now you can come and do an in-person thing for five days instead of uh, 14 days, so a five-day intensive PDC um, where I'll, that material will all be skipped. And instead, you're going to focus, focus, focus on your designs. And so – um uh, a lot of design, and then, of course, all of the in-person stuff. With the, There's a little bit of hands-on stuff, and let's not forget the, the the grand finale, the talent show at the end of the event, and uh, your certificate. So I think that uh, – so this is an idea that I've had. I think it would be – so there's two different artifacts that would come out of it. One would be getting the full video of the Alan Booker PDC, and the other would be this possible five-day in-person PDC after you have watched all of the video. Uh, so that would be a possible Kickstarter. Another possible Kickstarter. Um, this has been kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if... Have either of you read my book called Permaculture Thorns? Yeah. No, I have not, no. Okay. Uh, so, this is... This is a book I wrote and it's currently available in draft form um, and it's uh a, it was a book I felt I had i needed i needed to say this stuff um i i was i kind of feel like it won't do good as a Kickstarter nor will it do good uh afterwards like I don't think it's just a book that would ever sell well um but during Events, people have been visiting with me about permaculture thorns three times more than building a better world in your backyard. And so they, they're enthusiastic, they're excited, they, they really want to talk about it a lot. And, um, I don't know. Suddenly I'm kind of thinking like, maybe this, maybe this book has more Kickstarter attraction than I thought. Um, so it's about, um, trying to build community. So Mark, I imagine you might want to, you might want to read that before you come out here. Yeah. Objected to my will. Um, but, uh, uh, Katie, did you read the whole thing or just pieces of it?
2: I read the whole thing.
0: Okay. And, and does it seem like a book that's Kickstarter worthy?
2: Yes. It has some really important stories in it, really important situations that I think um thinking about those problems is really um, to create the future of of working together. <laughs> how do I say it? I don't know how to say it in permaculture um those things I think need to be resolved, but I kind of want i i wonder if um I think there's more book in the in the book I want more book i read it. I got to the end I was like it's the end, it's already the end. Yeah, well. More book. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's a I, very I, interesting topic.
0: I feel like, the okay, so A, I feel like the book needs to be finished. I mean, there, I think what I did is I marked a couple spots in that draft copy where I said to do. And I know that, uh, during some of the events, people were coming to me and they were saying, okay, in the Permaculture Thorns book, you have this thing that says to do. And then it says blah, blah, blah. Um, what what are you going to write about that and then i would try to you know talk about that topic a little bit and, and so there's i don't know there's probably about <clears throat> six more chapters to add to the middle of the book not the end and that's a, and and you're right the thing that that you're thinking is is like what's what's next and and i kind of feel like the idea is, is is hopefully i'll have a successful Community and, uh, and then, um, it'll be a success for many years. And then I will write the next book that follows permaculture thorns. So it would be in addition to permaculture thorns.
2: Oh, like, like permaculture roses or something.
0: Well, oh, okay. There's, that is a title,
1: isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, although some people might open it and be horribly disappointed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about roses.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that the next, that that book would be called Gardening Gardeners. So, um, but, uh, um, all right, maybe, maybe it's come kind of got more like, so anyway, that's one of the ideas for a possible future Kickstarter. Uh, the next one, and I'm going to go ahead and expose that this is the number one idea The, the thing that's got the most upvotes at this time. If you tell
2: them, if you tell them, they'll influence the results.
0: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, uh, too late. (laughs) late. (laughs) So, so the next idea for a future Kickstarter is, um, to try to record Helen Atow's Garden Master Course. Um, and, uh, basically the thing is, is that for the PDC, uh, in 2017, there was a guy, that wanted to record it, and he did. And the Kickstarter was to basically buy the equipment so he could do it. But part of the arrangement that I made with that guy is that uh, he got to keep the equipment. So now we don't have that equipment. Um, and so I guess the thing to do would be to basically do the same thing again. We'd have to buy that equipment again, and we'd have to have a guy again that would that would do that. And so um, – uh, anyway, the, the, to record the, the garden master course after her teaching for decades, the master gardener courses, uh, and now she's like no longer on a leash and, uh, she can finally say all the things that she really wants to say. And, uh, uh, so yeah. And now in fact, uh, so, so Katie, you, you definitely got to, um, Helen came and taught a segment of the PDC that, uh, no wait. No, no. No, she no.
2: didn't. So and now I, didn't. I don't mind that you influence the outcome because this is the one that I want now.
1: <laughs> she came out and, like, did a little bit of a tour of parts of the property, right? Um, During two, the PDC.
0: In 2017, she taught for a day. So if you watch the current 100 hours of PDC video, uh there's, like, a good eight hours of stuff with Helen in there. And um, – uh, and then she came out this year for about the same amount of time and she, she taught probably six hours worth of stuff at the PDC this year. Um, so, and of course she's going to be here in January, which by the way, there are still a few tickets left to the, um, uh, January event, uh, the Garden Master course. Uh, I think it's something like January 10th through the 15th, something like that. It's a, it's a five day course. Um, it'll be our first ever January course, and the boot camp is hard at work making it so that we will be winter ready for a course here in the winter. Um, and uh, uh, so there, and there we might be able to open up a few more seats if people want to stay in local hotel rooms or something like that instead of staying here, which, you know, is, is totally fine. All right. <clears throat> We do already have the cook lined up though. Uh, oh, let's nice. see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next possible future Kickstarter is, uh, the ATI test is underway at Allerton Abbey. Um, and so maybe we should make a Wolfbody, uh, and then combined with the body greenhouse stuff with a maybe it's time to make a Wolf body book. And so, uh, that would be a possible Kickstarter. Uh, another possible Kickstarter uh, and this is something where I could use your guys' help on. Um, maybe I should have done this as as two different things, but I proposed something kind of like the greenhouse kickstarter uh but without the greenhouse. So I said there'd be two parts uh test part one test the values of a willow tree with a mulch pit, so we would make a mulch pit, we would have willow trees. And um uh, I believe I have my research suggests that a willow tree will remain about thirty to forty percent bioactive in the middle of winter, so I want to test that I want to verify that and then I also want to test the nutrients at the top and the bottom of the mulch pit throughout the year. Um, I also want to do the exact same tests on a septic tank drain field um so that's that's part A. Part B, grow a lemon tree outdoors in Montana. And so um, there will be many components to this. We'll be using all of Sepulchre's tricks plus a few of my own. Uh, and part of it will be uh thermal wells, like what we have in the greenhouse, um, a wafati back wall, like what we have in the greenhouse, uh, we will add a reflecting pool, which is one of Sepulcher's techniques. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it would require an extremely active and present gardener. And I think that would be the greatest expense is to somehow make sure somebody's right there caring for that lemon tree out outdoors because there's a lot of work that would need to be done to get it to, to pull it off.
1: And that tree would be external, right? It's not within like a green wolfahrt greenhouse.
0: Correct. It is outdoors. And at no point in time throughout the year is it indoors. It it is exposed to the outdoors at all times. All right? Does that answer your question? We good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. So, um uh the uh the last the last item on the list as as possible future kickstarters is um, i put out the draft google culture book and i haven't had a lot of feedback on that and so but i always thought that that was going to be one of my very next kickstarters was to finish that book and now i'm kind of thinking like i guess i guess not the the feedback has been Almost non-existent, so maybe maybe a book about Google culture isn't as strongly desired as I thought. I thought it would be a big a big win in the Kickstarter world, but now I'm kind of thinking um that instead um, I don't know, some of these other things would be a much better choice. Oh there I just refreshed the poll and I could see that people have added a lot more votes. Wow, that one's big. So, um, okay. Hey, all right, I'm going to start with Katie. All right, Katie, pick one. What's your pick?
2: Well, I I picked the the one the one before. Well, I don't know. The 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 lemon one is so interesting. It's so interesting. But I really wish I could be there this January and I just can't. And so it's hard for me not to want that one.
0: <laughs> so, you <laughs> In this, in this thing, you could vote, uh, for many, but I'm, I'm asking you to pick one. Right. And you're, and you're saying it's a difficult choice, but it does sound like you're leaning towards the guard, you know, videoing the garden master course.
2: I really want that done. <laughs> I mean, the stuff that you need to do for the lemon tree, like even just to getting the reflecting pool. Like oh yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot.
0: It is a lot. It's going to be a, it's going to be big. It's going to be, ooh, so much stuff.
2: I always choose for myself tasks that are just a little bit too hard for some reason. Like that's the task that I like. It's like, it's too hard. Like, no, it's not. It's not too hard. I'm going to go do it. No. And so it's maybe foolish of me to do that, but then that, that I'm imagining this task being hard for, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about me. I'm not necessarily knowing like, thinking about somebody else's ability to do things. So um, I think that's, a, that is a fascinating group of experiments to do with both, both of those parts. Now, it's, the
0: it's important to point out that when Sep Holzer was last in Montana, I asked him about growing a lemon tree here and, uh and he waved his hand and said, no, it's not possible. It's too cold. <gasps> so it is a little colder here than it is at his place. And so he's saying no, it can't be done. No. No. So that th- would be
2: especially fun. <laughs>
1: I think didn't he mention in one of his books, or maybe I read it somewhere else, um, that the the seedling, you know, the young tree is gonna be more susceptible to that being killed by the cold versus once it gets a bit more established. So yeah, I think you, you would have to sort of baby it. Um, like the first winter or two, you might have to have some kind of, you know, like a, a high tunnel or hoop house or something that to keep, keep it from really freezing solid. But then once the roots get fully established and get deep enough that it might do better then. So I'm personally interested in, in trying to get one or two fruit trees growing when I'm up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing sort of the attached greenhouse on the front of the Wafati facing south and having that extend out so that there's room for a gray water system in there, plus having several, you know, um, perennial or fruit trees that are inside that need, say, like a zone 7, 8, or 9 to survive normally, but having them attached you know, inside a greenhouse attached to a space that'll be warm in the winter with the hope that I can get it to survive in this zone five slash six type of uh, environment otherwise. So I'm personally interested in in that combination. Um, let's see what's necessary uh to get something to grow. Because I'm also planning to have, you know, fruit, nut trees sort of, quote, in the front yard. um, But, you know, outside as well.
0: Now, okay, um before I before I, I want to ask Mark the same question but before I do that I want to come back to Katie. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to press Katie pick one.
2: Ah, cuz it's done. Yeah?
0: Yeah, I know.
2: I have to pick the lemon one because it's so interesting, but I Okay. I'm okay. The other one is All right.
0: All right. So you're picking the lemon one. Now, Mark, you the 10 out of these 10, which one which one would you pick?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I voted for a couple just a little bit ago. Um, I am really big on the Wafadi. So if I had to go with one, I think it would be the, the writing a Wafadi book, but it's Ufadi. such a, so, such a close one there. Um, yeah, the, the gray water. I mean, the the follow-up one that you had there, you know, as far as the willow tree, the mulch pit slash lemon tree um, is also a pretty close one. And I I could see where you're talking about where should that be two different things. I would say no. I think that you could safely combine them, as it were, and have, say, your lemon tree with the thermal wall and, and all that next to that mulch pit and, you know, p- putting in different aspects to try to keep that mulch pit as warm as possible in the winter as well. So, I mean, basically that, that one
0: where it's got the two together, where it's got the the mulch pit and the lemon tree all in one Kickstarter offer in a way it's like, let's do the whole greenhouse project again but this time without the greenhouse
1: <laughs> right
0: so um and and by the way you were saying mark something about how uh there's the, you know uh, coddling the lemon tree for the first few years to get it started and that might be necessary it might take several tries until we can get it to really take um, but I want to remind you that the, that part of what I've been thinking of in doing this is not only is there a wafati back wall and a reflecting pool where the water would get reflected onto that wafati back wall. Mm-hmm. So not only those two things, <clears throat> but in addition to that, three thermal wells. So then, um, in theory, there would be this uh, all all summer long, then the thermal well would be getting charged. And maybe the thermal well, the three thermal wells, need to go in the year before the uh, lemon tree gets put in to help get that patch of soil to be significantly warmer.
1: This podcast is continued in part two. Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things, all related to permaculture, can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards.